Are you a business owner or entrepreneur who's had great success in the business world? And now you want to launch a speaking career to share your message with the world. If that's you, then listen up. 25-year speaking industry veteran Brett Ridgway has released his latest special report, Three Key Things Entrepreneurs Must Master to Build a Profitable Speaking Business. To pick up your copy, go to breadridgeway.com forward slash freebie. Welcome to the Spotlight on Speaking Show with Brett Ridgway, where you'll learn the keys to building a profitable speaking business from speaking industry pros. Each week, we interview a great guest who will share his or her speaking journey, identify what their keys to success have been, and highlight some critical mistakes they've made along the way that you'll want to avoid. Be sure to visit our website at spotlightonspeaking.com. And while you're there, subscribe to us via your favorite network. Now, sit back, tune in, and get ready to meet this week's guest. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Spotlight on Speaking show with Brett Ridgway. I'm your host, and I'm excited to have as my guest today, Deepak Saini. Deepak guides people to healthy aging. Having spent many stressed years in the corporate world and overcoming an autoimmune condition, a back injury, and a lifelong battle with obesity, Deepak brings a unique perspective to working with his clients. While not spending time with his family, Deepak is researching and staying at the forefront of emerging and cutting-edge health research. Deepak is a speaker, a writer, a podcast host, a summit host, and actively working on becoming a centenarian, which means living to 100 years old. Deepak, welcome to the Spotlight on Speaking show. Thank you for having me, Brett. I, I appreciate it. And I finally got on. I finally got on. It took me a while, but I finally got on the show, so I appreciate it, my friend. Well, so happy to hear, and I was honored to be a guest on your fairly new podcast which you're getting up there into a few dozen episodes already if i if yeah I we at the time a time of this uh, recording we just released episode 19 this morning so and we've got another uh gosh another 20 uh in the bag already ready to be released so all right cool yeah i was way ahead of the game for a while on this particular podcast but that that backlog evaporated and so <laughs> i'm actually returning to a once a week release rather than a twice a week release probably but be that as it may, we're here to talk about you and your speaking journey and what tips you can share with aspiring speakers to help them further their career. So, you know, give us the backstory a little bit, if you would, Deepak. So we talked in the intro about having been in the corporate world, et cetera. So when did you come into speaking in the first place? What was the impetus? What was the subject matter that you spoke about? And why did you decide that needed to be part of your marketing pillars, so to speak? Yeah, how far back should I go? Uh, I always enjoy, you know, so not to get too much of my backstory, but, you know, I struggled with my weight, uh, self-confidence, uh, that type of thing when I was younger. And But I always, even doing school presentations, like I always actually liked doing those, even though I was super self-conscious about what I was wearing and are people looking at me and all this again, because I was, you know, very, very heavy and morbidly obese at one point. But I always enjoyed doing that. And then uh, when we got into, you know, university, you know, I was in the business program, you know, I'm a CPA by first profession, uh, a lot of presentations uh, required uh, there. And again, I always enjoyed that as well and being kind of at the, the front of the stage, uh, so to speak, in that case, the front of the classroom. And then even when I got in the corporate world, you know, uh, I liked having to 
do presentations to you know management or I, I never had the opportunity to go right to the board but certainly to to management and and that sort of thing and and then around that you know kind of mid career as well you know certain organizations asked me to speak uh, again I'm a CPA so the local CPA chapter asked me to speak to new CPAs and that sort of thing and I always kind of welcomed those type of things uh, you know I coached youth sports when I was younger so it's not speaking per se but you know getting up in front and uh, uh, you know, of the team and rallying, rallying them, you know, before pregame and, you know, at halftime, we're down like, Hey, it's zero, zero. Like we still, we're still in this, you know, all that whole thing that always came, uh, pretty naturally to me and trying to find some inkling to use as inspiration. Uh, and then, you know, again, without going too far back in, into my backstory, overcoming my own, uh, health issues, which brought me, you know, to helping others on their health journey and, and becoming a coach, Again, you know, I'm always talking to people, whether it be one on one, and and then I just got more into really what I think we're, you know, what what we're talking about here is like really speaking, getting on stages, getting and present, you know, virtual or in person, uh, that type of thing. And uh, and I, I again, I really enjoy it, and it's something I'm really trying to lean into here, uh, you know, as we go as we go forward and get on more stages and and speak to more more people and get my message uh, out there. And of course, I've done lots of podcasts like like this one, and I've been a you know, uh, guest on summits and and all sorts of things. Of course, hosting my own summit, hosting my own podcast as well. So, yeah, it's it's a great way. So, I have a long track record to answer your question of of wanting to speak and being comfortable with speaking. And uh, that doesn't mean I don't. I still don't get nervous. I still get nervous every time. But uh, yeah, and actually, just at, uh, just ironically enough, here, you know, just uh, about six weeks ago, I had the first opportunity to do it in person. You know, post COVID in-person uh you know corporate uh, speaking event and uh yeah there were some jitters there there was a little bit of fumbling over the words uh, it's a little bit uh, different than sitting here behind uh you know i sit at your in your office uh, doing a zoom but yeah i i love i love public speaking i love just getting out there and, and interacting with people and uh and, and actually like q a on honestly i don't know if it's a, a question that was upcoming brett but you know yeah it's one thing to do the kind of the formal thing and like this is my talk this is my presentation but i really love the interaction the unpredictability of the q a uh afterwards and that's actually i think where i really shine is just coming up with things on the top of my head <laughs> so all right i want to dive into that q a a little bit more later okay because i think that's an important subject for speakers but how many years are we going back deepak that you decided to leave the corporate world and do your own thing yeah, so I started my business in 2017. Now it is what we now call a side hustle. That wasn't a term that people used back then, you know, doing a part-time. But I left the corporate world for good in uh, in 2018. So I've been, yeah, being a professional coach, what is that, going on six six years now or so, uh, thereabouts. So yeah, it's 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 been a journey like like most entrepreneurs know, but uh, I, wouldn't uh, I wouldn't trade it. I wouldn't, I wouldn't go back, <laughs> that's for sure. Right, so you've done virtual, you've now done some in-person or whatever. Which do you prefer? I actually, you know, there's there's pluses or minuses. Obviously, it's very easy to to meet with people all over the world uh, doing this. And I've, you know, been part of international events and that sort of thing. Um, and even locally, it's still, it's kind of like, oh, I got to drive there. And, uh, you know, like I, I live outside a major city, so I always got to drive anywhere to get do anything. Uh, so there's pluses and minuses. But there is something with being live with people and getting that, you know, that that whole reaction and that little bit of, uh, you know, you say something and, you know, that feeling you get, uh, I mean, you can sort of tell, you know, visually on a zoom of people's reaction 
and and that sort of thing. But you know, when you're in person, you just get much more of that. And the little the little chatter and the little bit of noise when you when you drop a nugget, that people in the back of the room are like, "Oh, did he really say that?" You know, I, you know that that sort of thing. So I I think I do actually enjoy in person. So how do you measure whether a speech has been successful? It had the impact that you want to have going into a talk. That's a great question. I am I'm a bit of a perfectionist, so I don't think. If I judge myself, I don't think there's ever been a, a presentation or speech where I was like, oh, I nailed it. I'm always like, oh, I messed up there. I could have done better, you know, that sort of thing. But to answer your question, you know, I think it, <clears throat> excuse me, really comes to how engaging the audience is afterwards with the Q&A specifically, which we'll, I know we'll talk more about. And then the follow up, you know, are people lingering around afterwards? Uh, I've, uh, I, this is going pre-COVID. I, I remember I did a corporate event and it was actually one of my first ones. And and um, I had so many people lingering, wanting to ask questions afterwards. At one point, the organizer had to say, we actually have this room booked for something else. <laughs> like, you have to leave now. Because, I, you know, I was, I was there for like, I don't know, 45 minutes afterwards asking or answering questions for people. So, you know, I think it's that type of thing uh, that really is, shows that if success uh, or, or maybe not so much from a, uh, client acquisition or anything like that, but like that people really got it and they really got something out of what I was talking about. Now, we all know as a speaker, one of the keys to success is truly addressing the pain points of your audience. So what do you do going into an event to determine if your message is the proper fit and are, are you going to tweak that message in any way based on the group that you're speaking to? Absolutely. And, you know, that's very timely. I'm doing a, a speech uh, tomorrow uh, for a very specific audience and uh, they have a very specific theme of their it's kind of a whole day workshop and I'm just coming in as one guest speaker so basically my 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 basic uh, message uh, but I you know I tweaked it a little bit for their theme and their topic and uh, and I and I you know I changed some words to specifically speak the language that is um, you know part of their overall theme so you know uh, uh, i know people watch this whenever but you know we're kind of here at the beginning of the new year so it's all about priorities setting their year for an intention is what their whole theme is so those are kind of the language that i'm using in my speech so you know 80 percent the same content 90 percent the same content and tweak it a little bit so you know always all right so let's dive into the q a area a little bit more now which isn't something that i as i recall has been talked about a lot on this particular show so you know, one of the things that I always caution new speakers about DPAC is you got to control your speaking environment as much as possible. And when you give up control of the microphone for whatever reason, whether it's going to get testimonies from the audience or in this case, Q&A from the audience, you are in essence giving up control of the microphone. So you're kind of going out on a limb there or whatever. So why do you do Q&A and has it ever bit you in the butt, so to speak? Uh, that's a good question. Uh, so two questions there. So why do, well, like, like I mentioned earlier, there's only so much content I can give and I don't want to like necessarily, I guess it depends on the engagement, but I'm not necessarily teaching. I'm trying to inspire people to make change, uh, in, you know, in, in, in particular in, around their health. So I'm not giving everything away. I don't want it to be too dry. I'm hitting the hard points. And sometimes I purposely leave things out. You know, even if I go back to what I was saying earlier with, uh, you know, doing presentations in university and stuff, we would sometimes purposely leave out something knowing that would be a, a, a an easy volleyball, you know, softball question that people would ask so that you could hit it out of the park uh, type of thing. So I don't necessarily do that 
so much now in, in that regard, but, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm purposely, you know, leaving the audience wanting more so that they want to ask questions. And again, I feel very comfortable. I know, I know my topics uh, very well. And, uh, and I, and I think pretty good on my, on, on my feet. I, I, at least I think, <laughs> I think so. Uh, so I, I really enjoy the Q and A and, you know, quite often, even when I'm talking with uh, organizers, you know, they have a, let's say an hour slot or a 45 minute slot, you know, again, I kind of prefer the, the Q and A. I'd actually go, I'd actually, you know, try and negotiate or, or, or make sure it's okay with the organizer. I go a bit of shorter on the content and increase the Q and A uh, period because I, I think I really shine there. Now to your second part of your question, has it ever bit me in the butt? Uh, yeah, absolutely. And, and I don't know if it's necessarily sort of an, an, a negative when somebody asks a very specific uh, you know, detailed, you know, they're looking for a very detailed answer to some very specific question where it's like either A, it's out of my element or I'm not qualified to answer that. Uh, you know, and of course I answer accordingly. Like, you know, I really think you should, you know, talk to, you know, someone who's specializing in that. That's not what I do. And, you know, so I don't think that's biting me in the butt, but I can't, I'm not really answering their question. I'm, I'm deferring. Uh, I don't think I've ever really uh, been sort of dumbfounded, so to speak, where it's really, been super negative sometimes i really have to think about a, a question or uh, or i answer it and you know and, and again i'm my own harshest critic so sometimes you know after the event i was like oh i should have told them this as well you know but you know i think i've always given them something that they can uh, get walk away with well obviously the fear of many speakers is if they go to q a and they get asked a question that they don't know the answer to they're afraid they're going to look like a fool and then you know lose that rapport with the audience or whatever so but I can certainly see your perspective, Deepak, and the fact that you are willing to engage with the audience and answer questions can be a strong point in your favor. It's just a matter of making sure you're prepared and, like you said yourself, knowing your own subject inside and out. And, you know, you're pretty well going to be able to hammer back anything that they bring at you. So, all right. So I got some other questions I definitely want to ask you, Deepak. Yeah, Brett, Brett can I just piggyback on what you said there? I, you know, I, sure. I just want to maybe completely answer more. Again, you know, yes, you have to know your subject. I think myself too. Now, whether someone, you know, from that audience eventually becomes a client or not is is kind of irrelevant. Uh, obviously, we want that, but you know, I think when somebody asks a question and maybe I'm not quite prepared and I have to like, you know, dance on my feet a little bit, you know, you're getting the real Deepak, right? So, you know, I kind of want people to really know my personality. But again, if they're going to work with me or start following me, watch, you know, start following my podcast, whatever, you know, I don't want it to be so. Um, not dry is not the word I'm looking for, but so so prepared because I want yeah. people to like see the 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 real Deepak and, and my, how my personality really shines and my sometimes you know the greatest you know humor and jokes come out during the Q and A, you know when people are like ask something I was like you know and I'll be like hey oh oh Brett that's an interesting question where are you going with that one you know you know and it kind of the personality comes out so again I think that kind of plays to to my strong suit so I just I just want to you know share that as well. Oh awesome so. I have some other questions. I want to get to them in just a minute. But before we do, let's take a quick break for a word from our sponsor. Are you a business owner or entrepreneur who's had great success in the business world? And now you want to launch a speaking career to share your message with the world. If that's you, then listen up. 25-year speaking industry veteran Brett Ridgway has released his latest special report, Three Key Things Entrepreneurs Must Master to Build a Profitable Speaking Business. To pick up your copy, go to breadridgeway.com forward slash freebie. And we are back with the Spot on Speaking Show. My guest this episode is Deepak Saini. 
So Deepak, if you were going to maybe list three top tips for aspiring speakers to get the most out of their speaking engagements, what would those three tips be? Uh, uh, number one, you got to just get out there. You got to practice, right? You got to start on the, whatever that is, your, your local something, your friends and family, and just get comfortable. Uh, you know, so you got to get out there. I think too many people have this, uh, at least, you know, people that are maybe starting out or in the first couple, you know, years of their career, they have these grandiose ideas of, I want to, you know, have like a Tony Robbins type of stage or, you know, in front of thousands of people, like that's not going to happen if you don't start practicing and hone, hone, you know, the confidence to be on stage. So I guess that's number one. It's like, you got to start sm somewhere and, 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 and have the confidence. Number two is you got to really, you know, know your, your idea and you, you're going to have your, uh, you know, Brett, I have, I have, uh, one, you know, one of your books and you got, you know, you got to have your signature speech and you got to have your back pocket, uh, secondary speech and, and, you know, a handful of topics that you can talk on, but you got to really know them. And again, for everyone to teach their own. Uh, but again, I feel comfortable that if somebody throws me a, a relatively, you know, in, you know, curveball, you know, in the same ballpark type of thing, I can answer that. So kind of, I guess, know, knowing your stuff. And then I guess third is, you know, you got to play in the sandbox where you're going to get opportunities. So whether that's joining certain groups, networking with other speakers, going to events, uh, that type of thing, you know, just sitting at home is not going to get you a speaking career, right? You got, you got to get out there. So yeah, I'd say those would be my, my, my top three. And I wasn't expecting right, so that question. There's probably other things I have as well, but those that's what came to mind. So. All right. So let's take you back to number three, and that's the whole networking thing. So what's your advice for people about keys to being successful at networking? Because that, I mean, I always tell people the most important asset you have as a business person are the relationships that you have. So what do you do to leverage relationships and make networking truly valuable to you? Yeah, no, it's a great question. Uh, well, you know, I, I think there's a couple different ways to look at networking, and you know, I'll put it on the speaker slant because that's our our topic today. Is so as an example, I decided I wanted to run a summit, which you you mentioned. So I invited a whole bunch of other speakers and and experts in their field. You know, part of that discussion is like, hey, where are you speaking at? You know, is there is there an introduction you can make to me in some of the places you're you're speaking in, and 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 that sort of thing. There's, there's lots of different groups uh, and some of them have subgroups that are specific for speakers. Join those groups, go to these networking events. And then, you know, the other thing, and not necessarily speaking per se, but, you know, depending on what your your marketing efforts are or, or how you, how you, you know, uh, do business development, you know, I'm doing networking in, in different groups as well from a business development point of view. But once I know someone's a speaker or they know of a stage, then, you know, and then I'm changing the conversation or I'm adding to that conversation. So, you know, I'm doing networking for one purpose, but if I hear something regarding the speaking, you know, I'm, oh, I'm going to follow up with that person or, or bring it up. So there's, there's plenty of avenues, especially, you know, the, the, with, you know, online and, 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 you know, the technology now, like we can literally speak, you know, any language we speak, we can basically be in front of an audience uh, that speaks that language. All right. So now my usual favorite question, and that's all right. Time to get red faced for a minute and share an embarrassing moment in your speaking career that was uncomfortable at the time, but a valuable lesson was learned. And it would be something that you would highly advise aspiring speakers not to do. Oh, <laughs> OK, that's a that's a good one. Uh, I don't know if it was it was really super embarrassing. Uh, it was uh, 
I, I kind of laughed it off and sort of made of a joke of it. It maybe looked somewhat comical or maybe somewhat unprofessional. So uh, I mentioned the, this, this one I did recently, uh, uh, sort of the first in-person post-COVID corporate event. Uh, and it was sort of in the central business district. Uh, and, you know, my my wife's office, who, you know, who has a corporate job was just, you know, a couple blocks away. Uh, so I actually asked her to come if she could come uh, and and record. So I had a little bit of, you know, of a speaker reel and and type of thing. Uh, so this is the kind of the, the funny part is, so, you know, my little intro piece of, you know, like a little bit about me and, you know, here's a picture of my family, you know, that that kind of, kind of thing. Um, I act with my wife and audience. I actually got how many years we were married wrong. <laughs> I hadn't updated <laughs> that, that slide. Uh, so she jokingly, and, and people I know, I kind of had to introduce her so people know who this person who's not part of their company sitting there uh, is. And she, so she kind of on cue, trying to, she's like, actually it's, you know, and she added two extra years. Like, you no, know, it's like, I said, I said 16 years and she said, no, it's actually 18. I was like, oh, I guess I need to update the slide. And so I, again, she was, being playful i wasn't expecting that i wasn't expecting to have my details wrong and again we kind of joked it off but it was a bit of a little a bit of a little bit of a monkey wrench but again i think pretty good on my feet so just like oh you know you know i kind of slept it uh slept it off and uh and, and, just, and just moved on so that, that's one that all right recently... so let's, let's slide over to your sweet spot which is healthy living healthy aging and obviously you know as covid hopefully gets further and further into our distant past and more live events are going on all that you know speakers are going to be out there traveling again and all that so give us a couple three tips for speakers to maintain their health while traveling on the road as best as possible oh great question great question uh, i think number one is so especially around traveling you know are you you know you know flights and when you need to get there so uh, you know i think prioritize sleep you know, uh, again, if you're traveling time zone, I'm going to go very high level here. If you're traveling multiple time zones, try and adjust your sleep to where you're going, especially if you're, you know, traveling off continent, uh, that sort of thing, or even just a couple time zones from West Coast, to East Coast, vice versa, you know, try and adjust your sleep and get, make sure you get sleep. Uh, I was recently uh, back in, you know, a few months ago uh, at an event in, in Las Vegas and, you know, uh, as attending event, I wasn't speaking at it, but you know, hey, you're in Vegas, so you're gonna do stuff after the after the conference is over. So you know, but you still got to get your sleep. So you know, maintain your sleep. Number one, uh, number two, I'd say is try and get you know pro whatever nutrition looks like for you. And you know, I'm not gonna get into a nutrition lesson here, but you know, try and maintain as best as possible. Uh, one tip I do is you know, typically when you're traveling uh, or going to conferences or events, if there's one area that's usually lacking on the on the menu it's usually vegetables so i always travel with a greens powder that i can just you know put a scoop in a cup of water or a glass of water in the hotel room or or whatever you know you know water bottle shake it up at least you know i'm not getting the fiber and all that but at least i'm getting the micronutrients you know of 10 to 20 servings of vegetables to sort of you know keep me going so that's that's a uh, uh, tip number two and then i guess number three is you know is, is try and stay in your routine as best as possible. Uh, and I guess these all kind of go hand in hand. So again, if I'm going somewhere like as best as, as I can control it, does the hotel have a gym, you know, or if not like, you know, when, when do I need to be on stage or when does the conference start? Can I go for a run and do my, my do my normal routine? So I'm set for the day, all the things I would normally do at home. So I, I think those would be my top three tips. All right, very good. So I appreciate you sharing that deep pack. Now I'd like to give you a couple of minutes to tell people a little bit more about what all it is that you do, how they can get involved in your world if they so choose, and what all you got going on. 
Yeah, and I have, I have something new too, so I'll save that for the end. So yeah, so again, I'm, I'm all about health and wellness and particularly healthy aging and trying to change people's perception of aging. And, you know, many people have had a, have seen what maybe their parents or their grandparents went through and, and struggled with the last, you know, health challenges for the last, you know, 5, 10, 15, even 20 or more years with their health. And I'm trying to, you know, get people to, to realize that that doesn't need to be your destiny. You don't need to go through the same experience and to start now with healthy aging. And I have, you know, uh, you know, I have a group coaching program, I have one-on-one coaching, uh, et cetera. And, uh, you know, I have a, I have a, uh, I have a free guide uh, that uh, people can download to start building some healthy habits. And I'm sure we'll have that link there uh, with, with, the, with the show notes. So I encourage people to download that guide, uh, you know, find something that resonates with you, track it for 30 days, and then pick another one and, and, and start to build some healthy habits uh, for yourself. So again, I've been doing that for many, many years. Uh, the thing I'd like to share, if, if, I, if I can with your audience, something new is one thing I have found, again, I've been doing this for a while now, is there's many coaches, uh, particularly in the health and wellness, who, you know, struggle. They, they go get certifications uh, of, of many sorts, and not many of these schools or programs, some do, but not many actually teach you actually how to run your business. Uh, so again, I've made many, many, many mistakes in the first couple of years of, uh, hey, I'm still making mistakes, but you know, uh, in, in the first couple of years in particular. So I'm actually starting a program uh, for newer coaches to you know learn from Deepak. Don't make the dumb mistakes that I made in the first couple of years. Save yourself some time and some money. So that's a new program I'm starting as well. So I don't have a landing page or anything for that yet, but you know, uh, just you know, follow up with me on on the social media or download my guide for the health and wellness, and you'll kind of join my ecosystem and learn more about that uh, when that comes out. All right, super. Well, Deepak, I want to thank you so much for being my guest today on the Spotlight on Speaking Show. I wish you the greatest of success this year. May this be your greatest year yet. And for everybody listening out there, if you haven't been over to brettridgeway.com, by all means, get over there and get the free free report, three key things entrepreneurs must master to build a profitable speaking business. And as always, to all of you out there, I wish you the greatest of success in everything that you do. And may this year be your greatest year yet. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, Brett. Bye. This has been the Spotlight on Speaking Show with Brett Ridgway. Be sure to join us every week as we interview speaking industry pros and have them share their best tips for building a profitable speaking business. Until next week, thank you for tuning in. And remember to visit our website at spotlightonspeaking.com so you can enjoy even more great episodes like this one. While you're here, be sure to subscribe via your favorite network. We look forward to seeing you next time on the Spotlight on Speaking show. Until then, our sincere best wishes to you for the greatest of success as you work to build your own profitable speaking business.